Welcome back to 20s and where to find them. I'm G. And I'm Lena. And this is a podcast about navigating the best and the worst period of your life. Your 20s. Join us as we discuss personal stories, lived experiences, and chat to you and others about this wild part of life. Woo! (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to 20s and where to find them. How are we, Joy? (laughs) I got that on camera as well. I was like, I'll just record a little video as she introduces the podcast really professionally, but she can't remember my name. Haven't seen you for a week and this is what happens. I'm so sorry. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yes, I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a very big week, but I'm good. It's been a good week. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have a highlight for me? Yeah, well, it's been a big week because my team at work have been working towards like a big milestone um and an event uh, that we delivered on Friday and it went really well and it was really highlight to see all our hard work pay off and like we'd been yeah working really hard towards it and I think seeing it go as smoothly as it could and then getting to celebrate afterwards as a team was really really special oh I like that what about you um I went for a run around Princess Park here Mm -hmm. in Melbourne with a friend and we set out to do a certain amount of Ks, but because it was humid and the wind was against us, we were like, let's just do a lap and call it. Um, but then we just sat on the grass and stretched and chatted for a good hour. And I was like, this is really wholesome. So I think that was the highlight of my week. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. My low light was um, getting bitten by a leech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking gross. Never happened to me before. But I went for a bushwalk this morning with my friend um, and we sat down to take a break out the top of a mountain and then we set off again and she was like, oh my God, your leg is bleeding so much. And I looked down and there was just like blood and then it had luckily fallen off and it actually didn't hurt. Like I didn't feel it bite me, but it just was really gross. And and fun fact that I learned about leeches, they have like a venom that stops the blood from clotting. So it just bleeds and bleeds. Do you want an, another fun fact about leeches? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not only they do, do they do that, they also have 32 brains. What? <laughs> what? You know, I've always wondered when this would come up in conversation. <laughs> what? They have 32 brains. Do you think that that means they have 32 personalities? That sounds very loud. Oh, God. It's like a full... No wonder they need to bite people. I know. That's like a full <laughs> classroom of voices in your head. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That is a very fun fact. Yeah. Where did you even learn that? Um, there, was a, there was a night when me and mum were in Mexico and I was scrolling through TikTok trivia <laughs> and I got sucked in and it yeah. was like, what animal has 32 brains? Leeches. Leeches. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah. that is much more fun than my fact. You win. Mm. But I reckon that's why they bit you. Yeah, I mean, they're just angry. <laughs> well, at least one of them is out of the 32. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. So today we're going to talk about uh, friendship expectations we had when we were growing up about what they would be like in our 20s <sighs> versus what the reality is <laughs> of them now and what we've learned. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think 
We've written down a few ourselves and then we've got some voice notes from some listeners as well to throw in there. And yeah, interesting. I feel like, I don't know about any voice notes you chose to include, but the ones I picked definitely, there's a few like, there's a few themes going on Mm -hmm. that are overlapping. So that that was interesting in terms of data collection. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. My first one, which I'm still working on, but I had this expectation that I needed to constantly be there for my friends as we were navigating through our 20s. So be readily available, whatever I'm doing, I just needed to drop if a friend needed my help or any of any kind. And I felt like I couldn't say no, um, which then would later build into resentment as I mm. learned. But the reality is you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just drop everything to help a friend can't be a hero Mm. (laughs) and I have my own stuff and of course I'm there for my friends when I can be Um, but there are times where I have to realize that my friends have other support networks that they can reach out to and if I say no it's not going to be the end of the world but this is a work in progress (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like that one that's interesting yeah yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I'm definitely still a work in progress on yeah. that as well. I think I have a tendency to probably like give too much sometimes, like say yes to too mm. many things and then not know that I've given too much until it affects me negatively. Yeah, and then you just you feel angry and you feel mm. angry at them because mm. you're like, how dare you? <laughs> but then how were they supposed to know that you weren't actually there ready emotionally? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My first expectation would be that it would be a lot more like a movie or a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, in my head I had this like very idealised vision of friendships in my 20s, particularly I think female friendships, um, but also like I guess like your your guy best friend as well. Like this basically any cliche that you would have on a TV show, I think as a teenager, particularly a young teenager, I think – that's what I thought it would be like, like constantly in and out of each other's houses once we all had our own places that would somehow magically be in the same neighbourhood, um, that we would like go out all the time and you make a lot of memories together and you'd fight and make up and it'd be like really, yeah, just like dramatic and tr- and like constant in mm. each other's lives. Like I guess like a sitcom or like your sort of stereotype on TV. But I think in reality, well, obviously – Life is not a movie or a TV show. (laughs) Um, And I think particularly on like the drama of like fighting with people and stuff, I think they're like drama-filled friendships are just, they're not, like that's not a good sign. I think like Mm -mm. the older you get, hopefully you have less conflict with your friends or if you do, they're not often like dramatic. And toxic. Events, like that's a red flag. Obviously the further I've progressed through my 20s, I think like, if you have conflict with people, it's mean more like being able to safely talk about it and raise it rather than like it ending up in a fight. I'm sure that's not everyone's experience, but I guess that's kind of mine. And also just that like life happens and it's, you know, can be kind of boring and mundane and even like living with friends can be anything from like hard to fantastic to just kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think nowadays as well, like now I'm in my mid 20s, a lot of my closest friends don't live near me or they've actually like moved like far away and I probably spend more time on the phone with them than in person. Mm. Um, 
but that like but that said like I feel like I have made a lot of memories and done a lot of things with my friends um that are really special in my 20s but it probably makes those like more special when you don't have that constant um seeing them every day like you do in high school yeah yeah it makes it stronger I feel Mm. it's just yeah because you have friends who move overseas and even though you might not talk to them every day when they come back it's like nothing's really changed either yeah absolutely and I think even like like my one of my best friends lives interstate and we probably talk on the phone like every one to two weeks and even that time feels special where you like Mm. might spend an hour talking to each other just while you do something mundane at home um but that feels like quality time and that's not doing some amazing crazy adventure but also at the same time when we do get to be in the same place at the same time it it becomes more special and I feel like we pack more into that time as well yeah it's quality over quantity that's right (laughs) (laughs) on that same wavelength I had the expectation that I would text my friends (laughs) all the time like 15 messages a day pretty much just kind of like how it was in high school, how mm. you'd get home from school and then you'd be on <laughs> MSN or on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Um, there wasn't Instagram yet when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't messaging on Instagram, wasn't a thing. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so, we had Instagram, but it just was kind of was, photo editing. Yeah, it was just different. photos. But we digress. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we just get home and message each other. And it was inseparable. Like Mm. we had to message and on the weekend we'd be messaging if we weren't hanging out. Yeah. And I thought that would carry on over into my 20s and uh, it has not. Mm. Uh, I found myself now with me and my friends all working full-time jobs or being in different facets of life that my messaging is not so great. And I'm lucky if I have a continuous back and forth conversation with a friend, but it'll last like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is potentially a really boring adult sentence, but I find that if I have busy work weeks, I freaking hate replying to stuff because it feels like work. Like I spend all day on a computer instant messaging like team members at work or sending back and forth emails. And it's like when I sit down on my couch to like watch TV or relax, I kind of just don't want to pick up my phone and keep trying to have five different conversations with different people. Mm. Um, which kind of segues me to my next one in a very roundabout yeah. way of, for me, like, that feels like work because, well, not work, like, sometimes it's rewarding and good to talk to my friends, but it's definitely not that constant level of messaging that we had growing up with, like, MSN and stuff. And for me, a part of that is because I have a lot of separate friendships rather than, like, I don't really have that big group inbox where there's, like, eight, ten friends in God. it. <laughs> which that brings me to my next one where my expectation was that I would have a big group of tight-knit friends that I'd probably known since I was like a kid or a teenager um, and that that would be like a really big part of my life. And I know that this is a definitely a thing that some people have and it's something that uh, honestly I'm still often quite envious of or feel insecure about not having, but... For me, my reality is that my close friends are from different pockets of my life that I've built in my early to mid-twenties rather than people I've known since I was a kid or at high school. I do have a couple of people from those times in my life, but they're probably not my closest friends and they're 
they're not a big group. Mm. And yeah, like I said, I think sometimes I feel very insecure about it because that is like the stereotype that you're sold in like a lot of media, but also in like a lot of people's like Instagrams <laughs> and like, you know, they go to like festivals with a big group of friends or go away on weekends and stuff. And I think it might be the reality for some, but the older I get, I think it's more common to that not be your reality. And that doesn't make my close friendships or anyone else's less valuable, even though they might have been made in my early 20s rather than as a kid or that they don't all belong to the same group. Like probably my biggest like group of friends is like there's three of us. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I was about to say my biggest friend group, we're four in yeah. total. But yeah, I'm exactly the same as yeah. you. There is no, I don't have a big group of friends. Even in high school though, I was never mm. part of the bigger groups. It was me and two other girls and that's it. It was a little threesome. And then I would see everybody at lunchtime sitting in their big group of mm. friends. And I'd just be sitting there thinking, <laughs> but how do you all communicate with one another? Yeah. Like, how do you all not talk on top of one another? And because there'd be groups of like six or more. Mm. Like, I think I've experienced both. I think I did have a big group in high school. There was probably like anywhere between six to 10 of us. And it's probably a combination of age and who it was. But those friendships felt so much more shallow than the friendships mm. I've cultivated with a couple of people that maybe cross over or even just one-on-one friendships. Um, and also I've heard as well that it just kind of simplifies things and avoids some drama, which is definitely kind of good. That's very good. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know, I have like friends that, you know, in like a group of like 12 girls and they're, they might not be close to all 12, but, you know, that's like the bigger mm. group and the the way they all know each other and there's definitely always drama going on yeah in a way it's kind of avoids that but yeah but it's definitely something um i i think i will continue to feel insecure about for a while yeah that makes sense because it's you see it and you're just like oh i want that especially for things like your bachelorette party yeah or little things like that and when you're just like i don't have a big group of girlfriends who all get along Mm. and i even get anxious about different friend groups meeting one another yeah I think for me like I having like birthdays and stuff like I love celebrating with my friends and I love having them all in the same room but I know that hanging out with strangers or people that you've only vaguely know or met once or twice can be like a big point of anxiety for people so then maybe they don't want to come and then if they don't come it makes me feel like that's something to do with me and so sometimes yeah I do feel like oh well if I had 12 friends and they were my best friends and they all knew each other then like that's the only people I'd ever hang out with and they would never have that problem and it would make (laughs) life a lot simpler yeah yeah but I'm not sure that that's true so maybe Mm -hmm. I'll just keep working on it yeah and usually when I do do birthday things that have like cross-sectional friendship groups it usually is fine and it's people fine you've get had along a great birthday yeah um, I think it was two years ago now yeah <laughs> I mean you weren't here last year I wasn't here last year but two years ago that went down splendidly yeah and same with yours that's what your birthday was yeah. like in January and um I you know all your friends are a lovely extension of you and uh, there was heaps of good people there to yeah. talk to yeah similar kind of vein as that Mm. I thought that in my early 20s going into like part-time jobs and going to the gym a lot more and branching out with the different types of people I would meet along the way like at uni as well that I would stay in touch Mm. with all those people 
that I'd met along the way that those friendships would be like lifelong friendships because mm. again like you see it in the movies like mm. the people you meet at uni are going to be your lifelong <laughs> friends mm. um, but the for the matter is you might just stay friends with like two or three but like in part-time jobs even though those friendships I was really close to them whilst I was in the job I I've, haven't heard from them mm. since I left that job and that's always a scary thing and I think even now should I ever leave the current job I'm at I'd be really scared to lose the people I'm really close to at that particular job at the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, the book I've just been reading, she was talking about the same thing and how making friends in the context of something is something that terrifies her because she doesn't feel like those connections she's always a bit more unsure of them because she's like oh what if we only have this connection because we see each other every day or because we have this one thing in common and then she gets worried that they wouldn't have that lasting connection and I think sometimes that is so fine like people come and go but yeah that was like a really relatable sentence yeah no I agree and like I feel like until I do something with them outside mm. of that context is when I can be like yes they will be a friend <laughs> that I hold on to should I change context that I know them in Mm. I think it ebbs and flows too as well like I I think when we worked together we were probably less close than we are now that we don't work together that's very true Mm. I actually really don't know how we got close (laughs) (laughs) don't know what where that happened (laughs) yeah I think it was more towards the end of us working together and like having more maybe like mutual friends that we started doing stuff outside of work yeah and then I think we didn't start doing stuff maybe just like one-on-one until I don't know like COVID or just before Mm, COVID that's true and then I think you're definitely one of the people I would count as getting a lot closer to during COVID because Mm. you didn't have any context like true COVID removed all All the context context. (laughs) and you either had friends that you realised you could talk to about anything and everything without any backdrop of events or work and mm. you could just walk around streets that looked the same and just yeah. talk about whatever. Yeah. Um, or you realised there were people that you only could talk to at a bar or at a party yeah. or at work. Um, that, at least that's what I found. Yeah. And that's really special when you find those kinds of people. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> My last one, which is is in a way kind of similar, which I think we've said now for everyone, but (laughs) that people aren't open to making new close friendships in their 20s, especially as you get older and move away Mm. from those contexts of school or uni or things like that. But I think my reality, and this is one I still try to dispute sometimes because I think we can all know that feeling of, going into a new environment as an adult and feeling like, oh my God, everyone has a best friend already. No one's going to want to be my friend. But I actually think that that's wrong. I think there are a lot of people out there, whether through situation or just like open-mindedness, that are happy to welcome new people into their lives and build really deep, close relationships that you couldn't have formed when you were younger. For instance, like the running group that I go to, has a lot of people that have moved here from overseas. And Mm. I think a lot of people like that, they're looking for close friends. They're looking to build a friendship base from scratch in a new place. And this is probably something you experienced when you lived overseas, is when you have those contexts removed, you actually become a lot more open 
to letting people in your life. And I also think when you get a little bit older, you start to work out your values a bit quicker and who gels with you on an emotional level more. And I don't think you get more cutthroat, but I think I definitely... You get more, you triage it a little bit more. You're Mm. like, where can this person fit into my life at the moment? Yeah, and I definitely interact with people and either go like, yeah, like I really connect with that person. Or I can often really quickly be like, don't think we have the same values, so I'm probably not going to make the same emotional investment yeah. into you. I don't know, like even some of the people I'm working with at the moment, like who knows, it's still very like new and, you know, life moves on and moves in funny ways and maybe we won't stay close friends. But there are a lot of people there where I'm like, wow, we have a lot of the same value sets and they're the type of people I can see building close relationships with and and. Uh, and I think that's the, the starting point is like if you're open to that and you want those things and then you can identify who fits in with who you are and mm. your life, then I think you're very open to making close yeah. friends, even as an adult in yeah. your 20s and, and I hope so in my 30s. Mm. Like my mum's group of best friends she met when I was in primary school, some of her closest friends. So she would have been in her like mid 30s to late 30s. Yeah. And they're like... They text. They text all the time. Oh, wow! <laughs> they have a group have a lot chat. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> they have a group chat. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that about. Of course, people who move to a different place are very open in mm. terms of making friends. But I find it interesting because when I was living in Montreal, I struggled to make friends. Mm-hmm. Even though I'd like put myself out there and found a job and like a group of people that I could like hang out with yeah but I found it was very hard to like infiltrate for lack of a better word myself into <laughs> yeah. their lives because they all already had their routines and everything they wanted to do in their friendship groups and I feel like maybe they were a bit more closed-minded on letting mm. someone who was here on like a working holiday and not permanent into their lives and yeah I'm not saying that that's how they felt or they intended on making me feel but it definitely felt that way for mm. me yeah I don't think it's one I have like a definite, No, this is the reality and this is not what happens. But I think it's something I probably like when I was younger felt more like, oh, people make their best friends when they're like 16 and then that's your best friend forever. They're going to be like your bridesmaid and, you know, look after your baby and like, you know, be there when you die. And like, I don't don't Mm. really, I know like one person I knew when I was 16. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) No, two, two, two. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know what I mean. Should we listen to some other people's yes. answers? So we asked other people to give us their expectations versus the reality of friendships in our 20s. Um, do you want to go first, G, with the people you've got? Yeah, sure. So a uh, friendship expectation I had about my 20s was um, I definitely thought that my friendship group from high school, um, we were going to be like besties forever and maybe by like 25, which is where I'm at now, Uh, We'd be, like, going to each other's weddings and all the rest. Um, And I still love them to bits, but, yeah, it's crazy how life life changes. Like, I moved states, I moved away, um, have, you know, forced me to make new friendships away from that high school group. And, yeah, they've... These new friendships have become, like, thick and fast. Um, So, yeah, that's a bit different. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of what we were saying before, I think that one, um, where your like circumstances change and makes you be open to to different to different people things. and different yeah. different 
places and people. Yeah, and like sometimes the friends that you have in high school, like you grow up and you realize, well, actually our values don't really align at all anymore and they just kind of fade. (laughs) My main expectation, I think, was that the friends you, all the friends you had during school and during your casual jobs like in your late teens and maybe early 20s that they would all continue on as you um as you got older and uh, definitely there's friends that I still have from school and from past jobs and things like that but there's definitely friends that have come and gone and originally that was hard to I think accept but as you get older and you also meet new people and make new friends you realize that sometimes there's people for certain periods of your life told you that was a bit of a thing oh, <laughs> me and that listener are gonna become best friends <laughs> <laughs> that was like a common one that came up with us and yeah yeah i think i'm sure a lot of people feel like that it might have just been the group that i was hanging out with but i felt like in my early 20s so much of like the deeper things that we shared were oh, like problems we were going through being the one with the drama at the party or so many in jokes that meant that you had to attend every gathering in order to be able to keep socializing with those people um and that became really stressful and it wasn't something that i enjoyed or felt like was sustainable even then and i definitely feel like once you hit your later 20s there's a real shift to your friends are the people that you actually want to make time for and you know that your friends regardless of how often you catch up and obviously like frequency is really nice but there's also that understanding that we've got jobs and different lives and busy schedules and the expectations are different whereas I feel like when you're in your early 20s and particularly coming out of high school you have to readjust and reassess and figure out is this a friend that I I want to keep making time for or is this someone who was a friend because we went to the same school, did the same activity, shared the same experiences and I think that's a really important adjustment to make. I like that one that's really interesting that she felt like you have to see people all the time and that you can't miss out. I definitely find that relatable. I remember when I was in year seven, mm. we had a group of six girls that were friends and we all had to hang out. If we did something on the weekend, all six of us had to be available <laughs> or people would be legitimately like pissed off and like upset that you left them out, even if it was just because like they were busy. Mm. Whereas like now, no. <laughs> like if I <laughs> I don't know. Imagine if I know we had like a third person and we always had to wait to hang out until it was just the three yeah. of us. And it just doesn't work like that anymore as an adult. Like it's very mm. much I have my friendship group and then within that friendship group we all hang out with each other one on one. Yeah. And the other person doesn't always have to be invited. And I think nowadays if I was part of like a group and people were like being shitty about not being there because they had something on or something. Like, that would be such a big red flag. Whereas, like, I don't feel jealous. Like, when you and, like, Sam hang out or mm. something, I respect that you guys are friends and he does the same to us and it's not, like, a fear of missing no, out. No, it's or, not like, a malicious <laughs> thing at all. Yeah, no. it's just a reality of, I don't know, life. Yeah. Friendship expectations in your 20s, it's weird because it's, like, largely derived from friends, friendship expectations from like past generations that we've seen in like 
Sex in the City, and I mean, those women were older, but like girls especially, but I feel like there's not really anything for like Gen Z friendship in your 20s, because like, I feel like the closest thing would be like Euphoria, and that's like one really, really unrealistic, but also like they're all teenagers, supposedly. So I don't know, I feel like you expect that like, because I live in New York City, and like there's all these shows about like people having these like huge apartments and like huge friend groups and stuff. Um, like how I met your mother or friends and that's just like very far from the truth but at the same time like I feel like there are very little snippets of truth within those things like because I think when you're in your 20s which is already like a very scary and lost time when you're you tend to really rely on the people that you do have whether it be just one person or six people so I think the the codependency of the friend groups in those shows is very true even if we don't get to hang out with each other every single day like they do in those shows but i think the codependency is very close to reality in my experience good word there codependency boy do i know about that in a friendship <laughs> yeah I liked that one too because I think I would tend to agree. I think that that is one thing that like a lot of those shows do kind of nail is that it might look different in reality, but I think relying on your friends and moving away from that reliance you have on your family, like your parents when you're a kid and a teenager, but it's before a lot of us are like married and have kids or whatever your like family situation ends up being maybe as a later adult. I think your friends do become your family mm. a lot in your 20s and they're the people that you go to with like good or bad news first or who you call if you're like really upset or who might like come and accompany you to like a scary thing and celebrate like your wins and stuff and I think I like that that sentiment like does ring true from a lot of those shows mm. even if everything else is a bit bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like the Gen Z comment I think. Maybe maybe there's a market for a sitcom that's about people that just text each other. <laughs> 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 they never actually see each other in real life. <laughs> you know what? I reckon that some of my kids in high school, that's, that's where they're heading. So <laughs> The first friendship expectation I had coming into my 20s was that uni was the place that you made all your friends. You'd have this wonderful big group of friends and you would stay together for the rest of your 20s and 30s and have intellectual conversations and, you know, really find yourselves with them. Um, not that I haven't made good friends through uni, but I think that was certainly not the reality for me. I found that actually even my work friends were some of my better friends and that uni friends kind of came and went and there wasn't necessarily that big group feel, at least not for me. I don't regret that, but that certainly wasn't what I was sort of led to believe based on movies and TV shows. The second expectation that I had was that you probably needed to spend time with your friends all the time, you know, that your friends were the people you spent the most time with and what they were around. And what I've been really pleasantly surprised by is that a lot of my close friendships have, you know, separated because of people traveling and moving overseas, as you do in your 20s, but that I've been able to pick up where I left off with those friends, regardless of how long we've had apart, you know, a year, two years, and that while you're not maybe the best at communicating over text or voice messages while they're away, when you do finally see each other again, it's as if you never left, and that intimacy of that friendship is still there, which is really lovely. That's nice. 
I agree with the fact that, yeah, I also thought that uni was the place that I would meet the love of my life <laughs> and where I would meet all of my friends. And like, yes, I do have some very, very close friends from my master's, but my undergrad, no, 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 mm. no, no. Um, and I know I did not meet the love of my life at uni either. So my I parents lied. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's like an is- more of like a less of an Australian reality as well. Like I know it is like a big uh, thing on like maybe like American and British like TV. Mm-hmm. But I also think maybe because a lot more Australian kids stay at home to do yeah, uni. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So I'm like, I wonder... If you're based in the UK or the US and you did have that, I guess, more like movie typical, like college or university experience, maybe you can tell us, is is that where you met your Mm. closest friends and your love of your life? (laughs) 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 Yeah, because I, similar to you, like I didn't really make friends at uni. No. Um, Not in that way anyway. I also think it might be a generational thing though. Mm. I feel like our parents' uni was a bigger thing in terms of making friends, at least for my parents. Yeah, my mum is still like one of her closest friends she met at university. Yeah. Not so much my, my dad, no, like his closest Mm. friends from when he grew up when he was nine, but um, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. A rare breed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I liked those. I think there's definitely like a theme though throughout a lot of those expectations that we all expected to stay closer with people that you met when you were younger, younger. or in your early 20s. And yeah, that's not been a lot of people's experiences. No, but I got to say, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that the people I have in my life now aren't people that I met when I was younger because I feel like I'm a completely different person to what I was like then and those people that I was friends with when I was younger bar like one or two they don't align with my values anymore yeah 100% I think without sounding like too much of a snob I think (laughs) I I really outgrew the people that I was friends with in high school bar like the one girl that I am still friends with I think we had the beauty of growing together we're definitely not as close as we were when we were in year 11 and 12 but She's still one of my close friends, um, but everyone else, I kind of got to a point in my 20s where I realised through circumstance, but I realised, so I was like, these people kind of suck. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and I feel like I'm grateful to know you now mm. because if I had met you when we were 15, 16, we wouldn't have been friends. I yeah. thought about this on my morning <laughs> walk this morning and I was like, I wonder what G was like in high school. She probably was a popular girl. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have been friends. <laughs> This is what Sam says to me all the time as well. <laughs> I like show him like a one one or two photos of me as like a sixteen year old. He's like, nah, we wouldn't have dated. You wouldn't have thought I was cool. That I would have thought you were too cool and not talked to you. <laughs> and I was like, ah, little did you know, I wasn't cool at all, and I was insecure as fuck in the inside. So <laughs> yeah, but it didn't seem like that, and that's all that matters. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I I agree. I think I'm very grateful. The people I have in my life right now fit my life really well. And I met them at a point where that was able to happen. And Mm. um, I know, and like, this is something that we can spend a lot of time on in a different episode. But I, like when I was 21, my circumstances changed really dramatically. And it caused me to basically have a refresh of everyone that I was friends with. And that, you know was traumatic but it also cemented who was worth keeping and who was not and it opened up a whole lot of space in my life to have really beautiful friends that I do have now and I might have only 
had them in my life for, you know, four to five years or mm. some even less, but they're really well suited to me and I'm very grateful for them. Do you have a recommendation? Uh, you go first. <laughs> I've forgotten mine. All right. I'm going to hit you with a book oh. for something new. What else is new here? Go um, on. Give us an enlightened recommendation. I will wait for the week that you give me something that is silly. <laughs> It'll happen. I'm silly too, I promise. Uh, no, um, this recommendation has been everywhere, so I'm sure a lot of people... Um, in our demographic have have already heard of it but I have just finished it um, today it's called I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy oh I really want to read that book it's very good uh, definitely like trigger warning of like a lot of heavy eating disorder discussion so if that's something that is triggering for you like go in with caution but fascinating read like mm. and really eye-opening to a lot of issues with like you know childhood stardom but also just like an interesting exploration of like the pedestal that we put mothers on and how that can sometimes be abused by people in that position and I think you know there's a lot of um times that and you know this is this is take this all with a pinch of salt it's just opinion but I think there's a lot of time where you know men get painted with like having a bad you know they have power in like you know parental positions and sometimes that can you know go really badly and have awful like abusive consequences but I think we really hear stories like that about mothers Mm. um and it did make me think a lot and yeah I think it's just a really interesting story and it's you know about the privilege of having like youth and space to develop and grow Mm. independently um so yeah would really recommend yeah and it's written really well from the like small snippets I've been read at by Mm. my friend who brought (laughs) it with her to the beach on my birthday yeah it's written in a very easy way that's funny Mm. and satirical and also just very relatable all at the same time. Yeah, short so she's chapters. She's done a great job. Um, yeah. I actually listened to it and she reads the audiobook, so I would actually highly, almost recommend the audiobook over mm. reading it. Like, um, obviously, if you want to read the paperback and that's more your style, go for it. But audiobook, she reads it, and so like sh- her like delivery mm. is very like pointed and like the yeah like that satirical voice comes through really well. Oh, okay. Um, my recommendation of the week along the same lines as the book is to go to your local library nice um now i'm privileged i work in a school so my i can (laughs) go to the school library and hire books that i want um but i do tutor a friend and we do it at the library and every time i go i get to pick out new books to read and i think it's just such a great free environment where i have a list of books i want to read and i can just borrow as many books as i want that i've been on my reading list yeah, well, yeah. I listened to this through the library. Did oh you know you can also do that? I did not know you could do that. Yeah, that so is good to know. There's a there's two apps. I think one is called BorrowBox mm. and one is called Libby. And sometimes libraries use both, but um, they might use one or the other. So you could ask at your local library. All you have to do is be like a member of a library yeah. and then you can just use your library membership login to log in to these apps. And then they have ebooks and audio ebooks that you can download and it just works the same as the library like they might have three or four copies so if they're all like on loan you can reserve it and you have to wait 
but they have yeah heaps. So I, that's where I listen to all my audiobooks. So. Excellent. Well, duly noted as well. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yeah. How did you go on the giving compliments to one person a day? I actually think I did it properly this time. Oh, yeah? Our first five-star achievement for me. Um, but I must say, I think upon reflection, I think it's just something I actually do quite a lot. I think yeah. I do give a lot of compliments, um, which I like. So it made me more conscious of the fact that I do it. Yeah. But um, I do think I'm a complimentary person. Yeah. And it is one of my favourite things, especially when someone's wearing like a really cool outfit, even if they're a stranger, like on the train, and they're getting off at the same time as you, and you're like, damn, you have cool pants. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and then sometimes I get really weird looks and I'm like, I'm just trying to make your day a little bit better. Oh, <laughs> most of the time it's well received. But most of the time, yeah. yeah. So do you have a challenge for us this week? Yes, I do. It's because I'm also challenging myself. It's something I've been trying to do, a consistent bedtime. So I challenge you, this is what I do, I set an alarm on my phone for the weeknights, set um, for me personally, I'm like quite an early sleeper. I set it at 9.15 and that's my like get ready for bed alarm. So All right. at 9.15, if I'm still like sitting in the lounge room or something, that's when I know I like, have to get up and clean my teeth, do my skincare and then like get into bed and start like reading and going to sleep. Okay. Do we have a specific time? Well, mine... input? No, you can... Whatever okay. works for you, but I think like a time that gets you enough sleep. All right. Duly noted. Yeah, trying to improve okay. my sleep hygiene. So now you're coming on the journey with me. All right. Challenge of the week. <laughs> improve your sleep hygiene. Yeah. Set a regular bedtime. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We hope you have a lovely week. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast was recorded at the Victorian State Library on Rwandri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.